You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, where we post every episode, and you can find Locked On Packers anywhere you can find podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, because we are the show for fans that know what happened. They want to know why and how. And anytime you want to hit us up with the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that at 920-341-3775. It is Crossover Wednesday. Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons joins the show today to talk about this matchup with the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field Uh, Joe Philbin's first game as interim head coach, and we will certainly touch on all of that. But before we get to that conversation, we have to talk about um, a couple things. We have to talk about the Winston Moss situation, but I just want to remind anyone, everyone, because I got a couple questions about this, the mechanisms, interviewing coaches. Right now, the Packers could talk to agents, theoretically, of anyone. And that's just the nature of the business. Theoretically, you can talk to, and and there's some speculation that, you know, Mike McCarthy's agent is representative for a lot of other coaches and that it would be unseemly if they were talking to these other coaches behind Mike McCarthy's back. Eh, I don't know that I buy that. But the reality is teams are always talking to agents. Now, they can't interview anyone until that per- that coach's season is over in the NFL. So theoretically, if they wanted to interview Hugh Jackson, they could because he was fired. He is a free agent. And if they wanted to talk to a fired college coach, they could. Had they wanted to talk to Cliff Kingsbury before he was hired by USC, they could have done that. And theoretically... They can talk to college coaches. The rules for college coaches are different than talking to other NFL coaches because there are competitive balance issues in the NFL. And what teams don't want is to have someone fire their coach in week eight and spend the rest of the season interviewing uh, assistants around the league. It would basically be open season all the time for coaches. So That can't be a thing. It has to be at the end of the regular season. So Green Bay can't do something like interview Josh McDaniels tomorrow. Could they call Lincoln Riley? Yeah, they could. Could they call Cliff Kingsbury even though he just signed a contract with USC? Yes, they could. All of those things are are not to say that they will, but they could. And... I I don't think we should read too much into this idea that Green Bay made this move now to get a head start on a coaching search because they can't interview candidates, not not NFL coaches. Now, it would give them a little bit more time if they wanted to really get to know someone like Lincoln Riley 
to do their due diligence. It does give them extra time to do their due diligence on these coaches, talk to people around them, talk to players that have been coached by them, uh, especially retired players, for example. Um, you know, there, there are no rules against doing that. And so, you know, you could, you could talk to someone like Teddy Bruschi who works at ESPN and Josh McDaniels was actually a defensive assistant early on in his tenure with the Patriots. And you say, okay, Teddy, tell me about Josh. I mean, that all of those things, you have plenty of time to now get this done and, and you have that, that space to gather information. Again, this is due diligence. And while Mark Murphy has said that Joe Philbin will be a legitimate candidate to be the next head coach, first off, I think that's just not a thing, really, uh, because you don't fire Mike McCarthy to replace him with a McCarthy protege. But the other assistant coach who did not get the interim coaching job, uh, who was technically the assistant head coach, was Winston Moss. And Winston Moss, no longer a coach of the Green Bay Packers full stop. And there was some speculation this was going to happen after he sent out a bizarre tweet yesterday. Uh, In the middle of the day, too. So it wasn't like after a couple cocktails or at the end of the day. But at at 11 o'clock Central yesterday, Winston Moss tweeted, Ponder this, what championship teams have our great leadership? Period. It's not the offensive guru trend. It's not the safe trend. Find somebody that's going to hold 12 and everybody in the building to a hashtag Lombardi standard. Period. Hashtag losing sucks. We don't know if this was before he was fired or after he was fired. What, What seems clear now is Joe Philbin was the one that made this decision. It could be that he was he was so loyal to McCarthy that he just was not gonna was not gonna tolerate Joe Philbin as the interim. It could be that he was disappointed about not being named the interim head coach. I'm not gonna speculate on any of that. But what I will say is I find it interesting is that a coach who behaved so oddly in a preseason press conference with the media and and was so rude to the media, so so antagonistic with just basic questions that the Packers ended up saying, you're not going to speak to the media anymore, even after official requests are made. And I think you can certainly make a case that there are um, journalistic problems there that the pro football writers should have gotten involved there. I think if if the Packers beat writers had wanted to push it a little bit more, they could have they could have filed a legitimate grievance with the league about not making Winston Moss available but when when you are subtweeting about accountability and will not yourself be held accountable by those who can do so and in this case it's not just his bosses part of your responsibility as a coach in the National Football League is to face the media and answer questions about your players that is part of the accountability process here and so when you are unwilling or unfit As the case may be, it's possible the Packers said, we don't like the way you treat the media and that doesn't reflect well on us, so we're not going to have you do it. Either way, you are shirking your responsibilities to be accountable to your fans. And especially in Green Bay, a, a publicly owned team, you have an extra responsibility to be accountable to those people. 
And Winston Moss didn't do that. And he blocked journalists on Twitter that criticized him. And there are plenty of fair criticisms to level against Winston Moss, including and especially the play of the outside linebackers since Clay Matthews no longer has been a prime athletic specimen. Because Nick Perry can't stay on the field, and even when he's been on the field lately, he has been wildly inconsistent and not impactful. Kyler Fackrell finally is showing some signs of life, but Reggie Gilbert is not the player that that we were told he was. Vince Beagle couldn't even make this team. And you can go back in time. Joe Odom and Eric Walden. And it wasn't like Green Bay had only thrown undrafted free agents at this outside linebacker thing. You've got two first-round picks. You've got Vince Beagle, who's a fourth-round pick. Kyler Fackrell, who's a third-round pick. Now, that's not what this is about. That This is not a, a let's talk about the job Winston Moss has done podcast. But I, I just think it's worth pointing out that this is a bizarre situation and and Winston Moss is not the right person for this message. I, I don't think anything is wrong necessarily with the message. Uh, championships team, championship teams do have great leadership. Um, I, I find it, you know, defensive coaches are always going to say, well, you know, a defensive coach would be better than an offensive coach. I don't know what the safe trend thing is. I, I think the find someone that's going to hold 12 and everybody in the building accountable or to the Lombardi standard or whatever that means. I just think it's in poor taste whether he was fired already or not. But let's be unequivocal. Winston Moss was not fired for this tweet. There was clearly, he was not going to be back. And I credit Joe Philbin for saying whatever he said. And again, I don't know if, you know, what the, if this was a reaction to something or it was just, you know, um, again, the the straw that broke the camel's back, much like with McCarthy. McCarthy was going to be out anyway. The Cardinals game made it easy to say, you're out now. Winston Moss was going to be out anyway. And perhaps this tweet made it easy to say, you're out now. And speaking of making it easy, let's talk about my bookie because online gambling can be scary if you've never done it because where do I find the right place? Where do I go? Where can I trust? And the answer is my bookie. They have live in-game betting, over-unders on fantasy points, so you don't need to have any sort of special knowledge. And the best part for you, especially if you're the kind of person that is wary of this kind of thing, MyBookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews and their mobile site is so easy to use. So they make everything easy and out front right there for you. And right now, when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN25, you'll get an extra $25 on your first deposit over $100 when you deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time. That's LOCKDOWN25 and MyBookie will give you a dollar for dollar deposit bonus up to $1,000 on that first deposit. And if you do it after 7 p.m., that's an additional $25 on any deposit over $100. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's jump right in. This is Locked on Packers, Locked on Falcons, crossover Wednesday, Aaron Freeman is on the program. You can follow him on Twitter at FalcFans. That's F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S. He is the host of Locked on Falcons. He is also the co-host of Falcons PFC for PF Central. 
let's jump right in to this matchup that should have been a marquee matchup. We thought it would be to enter the season, and unfortunately, these teams have just not come together the way that we thought. And I don't know uh, how it's going to look. Joe Philbin is going to call plays for the first time in his um, coaching career, I think. Or at least he, I know he didn't call plays in Green Bay. He didn't call plays in Miami. So if he if he has called plays, it's been a while since he's done that, uh, which makes this interesting because we don't have any idea what that's going to look like uh, for a matchup between two teams that have played each other a lot going back to you know 2009, 2010 in the primes of Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers' career. This is not the matchup we thought we were going to get at the start of the season between these two teams. Yeah, it's interesting because the since Dan Quinn took over the Falcons in 2015, the Falcons have sort of this uh, this matchup has been a little bit one sided in the Falcons' favors over the last couple of years, and the Packers went into the season with a new defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin, and now they have a different play caller, different head coach now with Joe Philbin. So, this sort of you know, I think for a lot of Falcon fans, thinking going into this game that they would. Basically, oh, this would be a repeat of sort of the last couple of seasons where the Falcons just seem to own the Packers and they'll take care of business. But it's different given the different coaching staff. So there's going to be brand new wrinkles. You're not going to get the same tried and true Dom Capers defense that you've got in the last couple of years. You can argue uh, certainly that sort of sameness may have led to Mike McCarthy's downfall as well. And then on a different note, you're playing the Packers in Lambeau Field where, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but like that loss to Arizona this past week, uh, wasn't that like the first time in, in a pretty long time that the Packers had lost a home game there? Yeah, I believe the number is 16 straight home games in December, too, that Aaron Rodgers had won. Um, so, I mean, this is this is not a team that loses at home. And, and even though it is true that the Falcons have impressively beat the Packers a couple times in the last few years, if you go back, um, you know, over, over history of what this matchup has looked like at Lambeau, the Packers have pretty consistently taken care of the Falcons at Lambeau field. So, uh, you know, that's another, I think wrinkle here. Neither one of these teams can claim to have any semblance of momentum. The, uh, Falcons just lost at home to a to a rookie quarterback. The Packers just lost at home to a rookie quarterback. Obviously, the Ravens and the Cardinals are not the same team. But this is this is going to be interesting to see how these two teams react to all of this. These are t- teams that expect to compete for the playoffs every year, expect to compete for NFC titles and Super Bowls every year, the last few years at the very least. And this is... I mean, pretty close to a meaningless game in December, as close as these two teams have come to playing a meaningless game in December in a long time. How do you expect the Falcons to handle that? Because I I, am being honest, I don't know how Green Bay is going to handle it either. Well, that's a great question because I'm sort of in the same boat as it applies to the Falcons because, you know, the Falcons a couple of weeks ago, uh, had a very impressive win against the Washington Redskins team that was in first place in the NFC East, um, and it looked like you know they were able to get their record to four and four after a one and four start, and it looked like the Falcons were poised to sort of turn things around this season um, in terms of you know making a playoff run in the second half of this season coming out of their bye week and, and basically the loss to lose four straight. 
um, and sort of wondering what happened to the offense that was among the best in the league during those first two months of the season. The defense, uh, which struggled mightily during that period of time, um, you know, the hope was that with the return of middle linebacker Deion Jones, um, that it would sort of allow their defense to basically, um, you know, stop the bleeding to the point that if the offense could continue to drop, you know, 28 to 30 points a game, uh, that they would be able to start winning some more games. And, and what you've had is basically, I wouldn't necessarily say that the defense has improved greatly, uh, but they have been a, a little bit better as of late. Um, but then the offense is basically just falling off of a cliff. And, and so the Falcons are a little reeling a little bit, trying to figure out how do they get back to um, the type of offensive performance that they saw earlier this season. One of the issues that they've been dealing with this year is they've struggled a little bit on the road. By and large, basically, uh, and I've said this a number of times on my podcast and on previous crossovers I've done, is basically you can tell within the first quarter or so of these games, particularly on the road, if the Falcons are going to win a game or not, because if they don't get off to a fast start offensively, usually uh, their defense is just going to fade as the game wears on and they're going to find a way to to lose those games. And And the problem is that they have not been particularly good as the game uh, offensively, as the game has worn on. And so, you know, whether or not they're going to be able to, for the first time in, a, in, a, in quite in over a month, to basically come out of the gates against this Packers team on the road in Lambeau against a defense that they can't necessarily go up to the last couple of seasons and dust off that playbook and say like, oh, this is what works against Green Bay and we'll just do this again and and we'll drop, you know, however many points that we need to in order to win this game. Without that being in mind, uh, long story short, is just I have no idea what to expect from this Falcons team this week. Yeah, and I, I just pulled up the Football Outsiders numbers uh, on the Falcons' defense. Last in DVOA defensively on the season and last weighted defensively, uh, which accounts for how they've been pl- playing lately. So even if they've been playing better, they're still the worst defense yeah. in the league, according to Football <laughs> yeah. Outsiders. So, you know, so that, that, yeah, that, that meshes with what I'm seeing on the field. <laughs> it's all relative when you're talking about the worst team or the worst defense in the league. Uh, I would I would just love a, a vintage performance from both of these teams just for, you know, just maybe just for the sake of you and I, um, because, you know, that we've had some great, great shootouts with Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan in this in this rivalry insofar as there is one. I mean, the 2016 game was awesome you go back to that 2010 regular season game obviously the Packers got their revenge in the playoffs um, and then the next year the the Falcons beat them in the regular season so or two years later whatever it was um I just it, it's it would be great for both of these teams to get a little bit of momentum um and and play well offensively I just I don't know how you have faith in that happening Aaron, do me a favor and finish this sentence for me. The Matt Ryan era in Atlanta has been. Oh, wow. You put me on the spot. Um, Good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's no doubt been, when you look at it from a holistic standpoint, it has no doubt been the greatest era of Falcon football in the team's history. They were one of the worst franchises in sports, really, when you looked at their first 40 years of existence Mm -hmm. and then compare that to the last 10 years where they, you know, basically, I think 
made the playoffs in six out of the last 10 years, uh, been to a Super Bowl, been to two NFC championships. Um, so it, it's one of those things where it depends on what perspective you look at it. It's like from one perspective, it's been a, you know the best time of Falcon football and relative to what it was prior to that, it's been amazing. But at the same time, part of the problem in that comes with having you know quality players and a quality quarterback is it raises expectations. I'm sure Packer fans know that certainly going back you know back to 2010 when everybody thought the Packers were the beginning of a new dynasty after they won that first Super Bowl and sort of to not see them return to the Super Bowl. I'm sure in a lot of Packers fans it has been a, a major disappointment. I think there's a similar feeling in Atlanta where you know this organization. Uh, is a little bit more desperate given some of the other issues with the the Braves and the and the Hawks and other teams around the city where they just you know are so covetous of a of a championship to call their own and sort of to see the Falcons fall short of that um, in in a number of ways has been a little bit disappointing. So I, I think it's good, but there is a little bit of an asterisk beside it. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, obviously, you you hit on it. The reason I asked is is this is a question that a lot of Packer fans are asking right now about Aaron Rodgers and and whose fault is it that they haven't won more Super Bowls? I mean, you look back at the last twenty five years, they've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for the vast majority of those games, and to have just two Super Bowls feels like um, you know a failure to a lot of fans. And what I always try and point out is understand how many teams in the NFL don't have one Super Bowl in their entire history and how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. And Falcon fans know as be- as well as anyone how hard it is. You haven't won the Super Bowl until that clock says zero, 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 zero. And it's, it's hard to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the matchup is going to be interesting because I think these two teams sort of marry each other with sort of the offensive struggles and, and having these offenses that should be a lot more potent than, than what they are. Obviously, I think the Packers have a much better defense than the Falcons and, and playing at home and, and given that sort of Lambeau mojo and the expectation that you wouldn't necessarily expect the Packers to lose two straight at Lambeau this late in the season. So I think that gives the Packers a little bit of an edge if I was going to go with a prediction, I would probably predict the Packers to win this game something like 21 to 20, some some close, but probably low scoring performance for uh, both teams. Yeah, I have it 24-21. So I think the Falcons cover, but the Packers win outright. And maybe, maybe this time next week, you're talking a little bit more vociferously about whether or not Dan Quinn should be the long-term solution in Atlanta. Or at, and if not you, definitely Atlanta Radio, definitely ESPN, definitely Fox Sports 1, etc. Yeah, it's going to be tough if they lose another one to a quote-unquote inter- interim coaching staff. They already lost to the Browns with Greg Williams um, after the Hugh Jackson firing. And so essentially the optics aren't good for Dan Quinn and his staff if they lose to a quote-unquote backup coaching staff uh, again uh, for the second time this year. Um, so I, it, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like it's a must-win sort of game because you know, at this point in time, what's the point? But um, <laughs> I, I do think <laughs> it is one of those things where it, it just will not be good look for this team to – to lose another one to an interim head coach who basically uh, you don't want to be basically saying you got out by two guys 
that will not be coaching in the league next year. Uh, no offense to Joe Philbin, who, who knows? But uh, certainly I, I'm not. not coach. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not optimistic about his uh, potential to take that Packers job. So, um, Pete, uh, we'll we'll have to see what happens on Sunday. And uh, I'm looking forward to this game to see if one of these two teams starts to look like the early version of you know their 2018 earlier version uh, this week, or if we're going to have to sort of watch a very um, dull, uninteresting game where two teams are doing their best to try to lose the game, and, and eventually one of them uh, will potentially be crowned the winner. Uh, but we'll we'll have to see how it goes. I'm hoping for a throwback, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I think it would be great to see just to give a little bit of juice to the fans of both of these teams, but I, it's not something that I'm going to predict for sure. So thanks, Aaron. This has been fun. All right, man. You have a good one. You too. All right. I want to thank Aaron again for joining the show. Remember on Twitter at Falk fans, host of locked on Falcons, co-host of Falcons PFC for PF central And this is not the kind of matchup we thought this was going to be heading into the week, Uh, at least not, you know, a month ago, two months ago, certainly not before the season. This looked like it was going to be a marquee matchup heading into the season between two teams fighting for playoff positioning, fighting for a division title. And that is just very clearly not going to happen. So at this point, the best we can hope for is an exciting game, and that is what we are hoping for. All right, tomorrow we're going to answer more of your questions about the Packers, especially their coaching search, the mechanisms here, candidates, all of that stuff. We've got a lot to get to. I know there's a lot of questions. This is new for a lot of Packer fans, and that's why I want to spend as much time as I can on it. Uh, I know that it's giving some of you whiplash to have to go back and forth. Okay, are we talking about football today? Are we talking about the coaching search today? Are we going to talk about the draft today? Because that's going to be starting pretty soon. So there's going to be a little bit of having to juggle these topics, but I hope everyone will stay with me as we go through this together because it's new for me too, especially doing this show. We've had a lot of upheaval, and maybe it's me. <laughs> maybe me hosting the show is, is the... Uh, is the driving force behind all this weirdness with the Packers. But it, it at least makes for some good conversations. I want to thank everyone uh, for staying with the show. This has been a tough season, and it's given us something to talk about. And and I'm, I'm glad for that, but I'm also glad for you guys for being here and, and helping this show grow. So let's stick with it. Still plenty of interesting topics to discuss, and there's still a lot of football left. Still uh, a month to go before we even start to know who's going to be the next Packers head coach. So we're going to have a ton to talk about between now and then. You can always ask me questions. Hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Do the same with our Locked on Packers Twitter account at Locked on Packers. I make it easy that way. Like us on Facebook. Leave comments on posts. Share podcasts if you like a particular episode. Let other people know that you are listening to Locked on Packers by reviewing the show giving us a rating on iTunes. There are so many ways you can you can share Locked on Packers with your friends and family. And anytime you want to hit me up at the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that at 920-341-3775 to let me know how you are staying Locked on Packers.